one decides to marry, thoughts of divorce are often distant. Certainly, no one gets married with the idea that they will get divorced. Yet, we are all aware of the stunningly negative statistics indicating a significant amount of marriages will end in divorce. It's a reality. It can happen, and it can be devastating. But what if getting divorced led two people to discover their true selves and ultimately find each other once again? I am your host, Trevor White, and this is Marriage Stories. All right, welcome back. So this week on Marriage Stories, we are really lucky to be joined by Mimi and Chase. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Thanks for having us. Absolutely stoked to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. So as we do every uh, week here, could you introduce your partner? Who who would like to go first? I'm happy to jump in. Uh, (laughs) This is Mimi, a.k.a. as I know her, Megan Lindquist. My childhood sweetheart turned wife turned ex-wife now my beautiful partner in life my absolute soul match from mm-hmm. the Spokane Washington uh, <laughs> incredible human being who is deeply rooted in her soul's work and mm-hmm. her authentic expression of herself that I just get to worship and uh, mm-hmm. be a part mm-hmm. of, and um, yeah, could not. I don't have words to to encapsulate this human being, but uh, she yeah. is yeah. an angel in my life, and many others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Thank now, wh- what would you say? Obviously, you kind of touching on some of this, but what what's the primary trait of Mimi's that draws you to her? Her, I mean, we we, we talk about this often, but what blows me away is the confidence in her own intuition and mm-hmm. when she yeah. is compelled um, to pursue something it mm-hmm. is always rooted in the authenticity of her heart and yeah. there is few if any interferences from um, material things, external distraction, yeah. um, even like rationalization at times where I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, you mm-hmm. just blew through any sort of pragmatic uh, yeah. <laughs> constraint that might be around this idea right. because your freaking heart chakra is blowing through this with passion yes. and, and yes. authentic expression. And I'm just yeah. in, in awe of that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So Mimi, is this a good introduction to you? <laughs> I mean, I was grinning ear to ear the entire time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I I receive all of that. It words of affirmation is is high up there um, on mm-hmm. my my love language list. Um, right, right. Yeah. Close second behind we're uh, behind touch, physical touch, and um, mm-hmm. Chase Chase knows that, and he is mm-hmm. my biggest cheerleader and. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait till, to introduce until you cue me up here, right, but right, yes, um, yes. I absolutely receive that. And it's it um, lights me up and fills my heart knowing that this person that I mm-hmm, admire mm-hmm. and revere so much is um, that proud of me and thinks yeah. so highly yeah. of me. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay, so your turn here to tell us about Chase. Chase Daniel Ramey is a Gemini sun and a Cancer moon. Um, he is my favorite human on this planet. I, like I already I said, I admire and revere him in so many ways. I don't think that there's a person on this earth that I respect more for so many reasons. Um, he's one of the hardest working people I know. He makes me think just as hard as he makes me laugh, which is a lot. <laughs> he helps me to dive into deeper parts of myself and my soul that I could not reach alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He is my biggest cheerleader. He's always building me up. Um, and I am so grateful that I get to 
explore love and consciousness and the universe with someone like him. Um, he is absolutely my greatest gift. And yeah. I've, which I'm sure we'll get into, obviously. Um, <laughs> I've, I've spent part of my adult life without him. And there's a reason why I was sick on so many levels um, yeah. when we were separated. Right. And now us being back together, um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to make right the things that we got wrong in part one. And yeah. I'm overwhelmed by gratitude that I have a partner who is just as invested <clears throat> in experiencing yeah. the most epic love experience possible. That is yeah. absolutely my greatest gift that I wish I could um, that every uh, every other person, every human could experience is right. a partner who right. is just as invested in this experience as you are. Right. And totally, yeah, I love you. I love you. Wonderful. What 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 first drew you to Chase? Um, his badassery on the basketball court. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, nice. like he was right. He was a he was a total stud. He just had yeah. this confidence about him. We go way back, right. obviously. We were right. childhood sweethearts. We were, you know, we started dating mm -hmm. when we were 15, <clears throat> 16 years old. And yeah, and right. his presence and his confidence on the basketball yeah. court is I mean, women are instinctively drawn to strength and confidence mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. a, a, a lot of times. And mm -hmm. that was um, that was definitely the the first thing that really like perked up my attention towards this, yeah. th this person, Chase. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So Chase, fitting introduction to you. Pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Wonderful. Great. Well, well, great to meet the two of you. So we mentioned already that we're childhood sweethearts, right? That's a fairly unique situation, right? So tell us about how we came to be as a couple. We were 15 or 16, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, our, our childhood uh, romance is just rooted in, in like, 90s storybook lore. It's like uh, <laughs> we fell in love on, on the bus riding out to oh, yeah. high school right. sports. Um, we grew up playing. Uh, it was filled with laughter and joy mm -hmm. and presence. Yeah. Uh, it was summers at the lake. It was, you know, mm -hmm. staying up late into the night underneath the stars, swearing we'd be yeah. with each other forever. Um, yeah, we grew right. up together. We were ingrained in each other's mm -hmm. families. And um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was like little to no challenge or charge as it pertained to the mm -hmm. dynamic of the relationship. It was yeah. absolute best friends, um, beautiful, yeah. like fun sexual explorations as kids, just learning each other's bodies in a really safe yeah. space. And mm -hmm. uh, it was, man, I, I couldn't have asked for a better foundation for a relationship mm -hmm. we have this right. nostalgia is this really critical component to our relationship now and i'm so yeah, grateful that totally. we get to look back on those mm -hmm. formative six to seven years that we started our right. teen relationship into our early 20s with just mm -hmm. uh complete gratitude and just so yeah. much fun like right we have so many inside jokes that we still pull on sure, from like right. 16 years right. old it's yeah. it's a it's a level of um like fluidity in our in our adult right. relationship that it makes mm -hmm. makes it so unique. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so from the the standpoint of like how we started our our relationship, man, yeah. I couldn't have asked for a, a more what felt like just sailing with the winds type of experience. Totally, totally. And, and we were just kind of feeling like, you know, this is a wonderful thing to have this partner that we're growing up alongside of it seems like and and Mimi was your experience similar of just like you know this is a wonderful you know faded thing oh yeah I mean it was just we were immediate friends even before we started dating we were kind of in the same right. friend group right. and uh we always just had a great time together always laughed together and that that foundation of like man I really like being around this person um, and they're nice to look at. That's a plus. Um, yeah. But like that. Get a basketball. basketball yeah, right. Which I realize yeah. my answer sounds so superficial, but like I was 16, you know. Oh, of and, course. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's right. like 
you know, we talk about a lot of times, like the thing behind the thing, I can look back now and say like the thing behind my attraction was his strength and confidence, which he carries into his life every day today. And so that still draws me to him and still like lights me up about, about him and who he is. But yeah, that Mm -hmm. foundation, it was so critical. And I think we were so, neither one of us, I mean, was interested in drama in, Mm -hmm. you know, the ups and downs and weird dramatic things of teen love. Like it felt like an evolved relationship, um, in our dynamic early on. Mm -hmm. We just hadn't, Mm -hmm. I mean, so early, so young, like we hadn't really traversed or navigated many like very stressful situations aside from being long distance for four years. We, we dated long distance for four years, which was a big, um, a big stressor on, on any relationship. But, um, we had that foundation of like, no, this is, this is my person. This is my best friend. And Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to be without this person. So it was, um, it was all play, all novelty, all fun, no drama. Right. And, and for couples in those situations, right. High school couples that are, you know, developing, growing, going off to school or, you know, beginning their lives. Sometimes they'll talk romantically, you know, um, um, about the idea of where they could go about maybe getting married, about, about having a life together. What was that part of our experience at all when we were at that age? Uh, we absolutely knew we would be together forever. We talked about that pretty openly. We we had like a really beautiful moment when we were like 16 and and Mm -hmm. 17 years Mm -hmm. old and, and Mimi was going off to college and I was still in high school. We were like under the shooting stars and we're like, we'll be together forever. And, Mm -hmm. and so it was like really, really cool. But I actually was always uncomfortable with the conversation of marriage that young. I had, Mm -hmm. I had a very rational like, uh, idea around the fact that i really didn't want to get married until I was like 25 yeah. at least. Right. Um, right. And then that only uh, grew as I matured into my 20s. Um, I mm-hmm. We grew up in a Christian environment um, and it's yeah. heavily encouraged, obviously, to get married before you sure. uh, live together even. And so yeah. I had left Christianity in college. And so it was part of even that sort of departure from the community and the religion was this idea that like, I don't want to follow the freaking like path that the Christian Mm -hmm. church outlines. And, and so I was definitely uncomfortable with the conversation. Like I, we didn't talk about the word marriage until I proposed. So it was a little bit different, different in that sense, heavily encouraged to get married, which to get married, which ultimately we did in the same sort of, flow and script that one does in right. the evangelical Christian community, which was right after right. college, we got married. Um, but How it actually, old were we at that point? We got married at 23 and w- 24. Yeah, I was, I'm, a, I'm like eight, nine months older than Chase. <laughs> I forget. So she always carves a couple yeah. months down. Yeah. It's, it's 10 <laughs> yeah, yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a little Depends older on than how you Chase. feel that day. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, was, I yeah. was 24, he was 23. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And now, so Mimi, for you, you know, Chase is describing how he was, he, you know, moved away from his religious beliefs. Were you going through a similar journey um, in your experience? You know, not really. Not until later, until we actually okay. separated and divorced, was I really like, okay, I need mm-hmm. to figure out this like spiritual life. Like we grew up, went to Christian yeah. school, went to, obviously I went to, right. I went to church with my family every week yeah. of my childhood. And I always, yeah. you know, considered yeah. myself a Christian, considered myself a good Christian girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, but I, I wasn't really like super active in my day to day relationship at this time when we were, um, in college and talking about marriage and everything. I, it was just yeah. something that you like identify with. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't woven into my daily, you know, daily life. Um, right. it, it just wasn't even on my radar for that it, you know, to, to look at this thing and like, what do I think about this? We're kind of just like, oftentimes as people, we're just kind of like handed the beliefs of our parents' Mm -hmm. generation. And then like, however we grew up, it's just like, yeah, that's, that's what we are. And a lot of people I think move through life and don't actually ever ask the question, like, does this make sense to me? Do I actually believe this? Do I, does it line up with my 
experience in reality. So I wasn't asking any of those questions yet um, until we actually separated. Yeah, the the pillars of the culture were in place regardless of whether we practiced them or not. And so just because the topic came in front of, you know, through high school, I just went through the motions Mm -hmm. and went to chapel and all that kind of stuff and would have been like, yeah, you know, there's this God character and... And, uh, but I'm but I'm not engaging with this thing. When I got to college right. and I went to a Presbyterian University, and and mm-hmm. uh, re- whether you liked it or not, you got history of religion, but but fortunately also yeah. history of world religions, <clears throat> introduction to psychology, right. sociology, uh, you know, philosophy. Yeah. I got through right. Right. four years, and I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. buying this. I'm not signing up for this. So I was just. Yeah. I had the opportunity to engage in that contemplation prior to, you know, you who totally. went to, you know, Arizona State. It was just a different dynamic. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but the cultural pieces were still in place. The Christian right. foundational, what oh, does yeah. a relationship look like? What does a family look like? What's the timeline right. look like for certain life decisions? And so we, totally. we went through premarital counseling through the Christian church. Mm-hmm. We had a Christian wedding. Yeah. Our families encouraged us to follow a particular, you know, pattern of, of what Christian relationship looks like. Yeah. And so even though I had left it in my own personal mm-hmm. life, it was, it was still what I had signed up for as it pertained to just life choices in life. Yeah, events. right. The, the cultural pressures are, are significant, right? You know, right. even if they're they're subtle or, you know, um, not necessarily overt, sometimes overt, I'd imagine, right? You know, but this idea of getting married and then beginning a life with somebody, right? You right. know, is is the typical order of operations, yep. right? In yeah. evangelical yeah. sort of upbringing, right? And, and so even if we didn't really ex- had an examiner, I mean, you're saying you hadn't ter- totally examined this chase, you kind of had moved away from it. We still maybe believed on some level in the idea that this is a good, good, good thought, right? To get married, to, mm-hmm. to do, do a life this way, right? You know, in a Western yeah. evangelical right. style. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, since we never really talked about it, like ever before Chase actually proposed, um, we we kind of talk about openly now, like he was feeling this pressure to yeah. propose and to kind of just be in alignment with marriage because totally. if anyone is listening that grew up religious, you just understand, and maybe Trevor, you, yeah. you understand this too, but like mm-hmm. there are just understandings. There are just yeah. things that you go along with that your family mm-hmm. and friends and loved one and community expect of yeah. you. Even if it's at the cost of your own like authentic feelings or beliefs or whatever. And that was definitely the case with us. Um, I just assumed, you know, I just assumed like, yeah, of course we're going to get married and he'll figure it out. (laughs) And I don't want to push this on him. I don't want it. I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to be that girl that like brings up like, so when are we going to get married? So I would just, my tendency is to like step away and like move back Mm -hmm. from Right. Sometimes difficult conversations because I don't want to yeah. be perceived as like needy or pushy or right. dramatic or whatever. Right. Um, and Chase, I yeah. think, was feeling that major pressure from those totally. understandings. Um, and I, I, you know, we can look back now and be like, yeah, I wish we would have talked about it more. Um, yeah. You know, but we were very, very, right. very young. <laughs> totally, totally. And we had this idea, it seems like, that we were going to be together forever. And and the, the kind of approach that we thought that that would take or the, the, the form we thought it would take would be traditional marriage. And, and so we did the college thing. We, you know, Chase, you propose and we get married and we're, what were we, 24? 24-ish, yeah. 25, right, yeah. Um, and you're eight months older, right? Or was it Nine, seven? 10. Yeah, 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 somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 what happened next? What? How did marriage, like participating in that institution, how did it impact our relationship? Yeah, you know, I think initially it was not a whole lot of difference. We had fun with the novelty of of a life change. We moved to Seattle Mm -hmm. from Spokane, and. first year is kind of like traditional newlywed phase. We just had a blast yeah. and we're starting to build right. our life and we're wearing these adult hats mm-hmm. probably a little too soon, but it was kind of fun because they were new. Um, I had also started a, a, a financial consulting career in public accounting and mm-hmm. was traveling like nonstop, uh, yeah. pretty much right. four or five days a week, every week. And yeah. so kind of the undercurrent was that there was this mm-hmm. uh, growing, even ever so slightly um rift in the dynamic of the relationship and we found ourselves really separating from some of these foundational pillars that 
made up yeah. so much of the vitality of of our relationship play fun novelty time time together. even right like, like we were back in long distance now not to mention yeah. you throw on right. you throw on these hats of uh hey we've got student debt um yeah hey right. i've got a career that is it was really intense and it was it was really yeah. brutal and so for the first time ever right. in my life i'm dealing with stress <laughs> like Oh, wow. Yeah. I just worked a 70 hour week and I haven't slept and I've been drinking all week when I'm gone and I've been on right. an airplane. And so yeah. my own individual life was just radically changing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I look back on this now and I'm putting narrative towards it. I had no idea what I was thinking or doing at the right. time. Right. But yeah. it, it, almost like if we can take this third party perspective and watch ourselves, I look back on those first one, two, three years of marriage and just slowly see this separation even if it's five to ten mm -hmm. degrees at a time yeah. from who we were who we mm -hmm. are that has this really yeah. natural attraction to each other and right. found ourselves uh from every aspect right it, mm -hmm. uh, just mm -hmm. slowly separating mm -hmm. distancing yeah. ourselves from each other and yeah. uh, we get to you know about two two and a half years into this marriage and it's ice cold, man. It's like really, really uh, roommate. Yeah. It's really like, yeah. hey, we're right. sort of functioning together. We're sort of living off the past nostalgia right. of our childhood romance. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know if we have any organic uh, chemistry currently. Yeah. And um, I was pretty... What did that look like at that time? Like how was the... Like if we went out for a date night or something like that, would it, would it be hard to find things to talk about or what was it like? Uh, probably not hard to talk about. We both have pretty good like ability to put on the fact that we're, sure. uh, you know, functioning and, and have uh, enough yeah. of right. a history to be conversational. But what it really yeah. looked like was I'd get off an airplane at Friday mm -hmm. in Friday night, we'd come home and it would be uh, a hug at best, ice cold in our physical affection. Yeah. Yes, we were having right. sex, but we were It weren't, was very just like robotic. It, but we weren't, like, yeah. we weren't having intimacy. Right. Yeah. Um, the right. moments yeah. of like dry heave laughter that we built our relationship off of were few yeah. and far yeah. between. Right. I, right. It would have to be a holiday or a vacation or a mm -hmm. purchase of some kind to spark any sort of uh, presence in the dynamic yeah. of the relationship. And, mm -hmm. right. and for me, right. I was like, I'd kind of gotten indoctrinated in this this corporate uh, career trajectory perspective where I was always yeah. thinking about when I get to this place in my career and have the financial resources, right. I'm going to be able to accomplish all of these various things. And mm -hmm. so even, even my own uh, self was so outside the present moment, it was inaccessible yeah. to Megan. And right. um, it started to just manifest in pretty much ice cold uh areas of our life that used to be quite vibrant um, and communication yeah. was one of them communication was right. just super practical logical um, we didn't have any tools for communication it was very reactive it was very like yeah you know we're looking to the other person to fulfill our needs and like if i'm not right. happy it, happy it must be something with you and mm -hmm. instead of having mm -hmm. this self-reflection process that we have now mm -hmm. and a really um, wide and open communication channel that we have now, it was like breathing through a straw for right. a year is what the communication yeah. felt like. And yeah. we just, yeah. and my, you probably see this a lot, <laughs> my <laughs> tendency in communication or in charged yeah. atmosphere is to like suppress and go in and like, just like yeah. be silent. So when Chase yeah. is speaking about the ice coldness or the silence or uh, right. excuse me, like just the, the cold nature, it's like, it, it has a, a root in like the silence that would, if my feelings were hurt or I was feeling disconnected yeah. for whatever reason, I was not opening up about it and yeah. in any way that was helpful. And right. I would suppress so much that it would get to the point where, you know, once every other month I would have like an explosion that I couldn't mm -hmm. hold in anymore. And Chase would be blown yeah. against the wall. Like, where right. the heck is this coming from? Like, yeah. and so totally. we just didn't have that open communication um, mm -hmm. uh, about, Hey, this is this is what I'm feeling right now, and let you know. Yeah. Let's figure this out together. It was right. very separated, yeah. and uh, we were also very focused on 
external things making us happy or unhappy rather than us getting this right and then everything else in life kind of gets better. Yeah, I'll say two things. Uh, We both, something that is an important attribute of our relationship now is is, uh, shared interests. And that yeah. was at the foundation of our relationship as well. And in this period of time, yeah. you know, specifically when we were legally married, um, mm-hmm. our interests did not intersect hardly at all. Mm-hmm. I was on my yeah. own. Right. I was on my own journey. And after having left Christianity and was very interested in stoicism and scientific materiality mm-hmm. and um, yeah. spent a lot of time on <clears throat> you, early YouTube and early podcasts <laughs> and these sort of like right. Realms that were far outside of anything that we came from. And I think that was very threatening yeah. to uh, our relationship. Mm. And the second mm-hmm. thing I would say is we both, in our isolation from one another, attached ourselves to this definition of uh, exercise and nutrition that that mm. provided some level of individuality for each one of us, but they were both really sure. unhealthy expressions. There were these attributes of control that we both took on yeah. that that probably right. were comforting in some way, shape, or form, but were right. and would ultimately lead to, uh, without a doubt, uh, a complete health crisis. They were they were mm-hmm. compulsive neurotic tendencies towards yeah. an external appearance uh, being the definition of health that we both thought was sure. what we should be leaning into. And so over-exercise, um, over-compulsive in the way that we ate in our own ways. These weren't like shared interests, right. but, but they right. both manifested mm-hmm. in the way that we expressed ourselves from an exercise and nutrition standpoint. Totally, totally. And this journey, right, that you were experiencing, as you know, you're referencing, fairly normal when we get together at the age we did, right, you know, where we, you know, grow up together, and then we commit to each other during this really defining period of our development in our lives. And we struggle, right, to, you know, to define ourselves as individuals to figure out who we are as people alongside of figuring out how we do that together. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. like you're talking about all the pressures of, you know, um, having an early, your early career, figuring out where you want to go, figuring out what you're going to do with your life. It's very hard, right. For couples. And and typically that leads to the the kind of distance, right. Mm -hmm. That you're describing. Right. Now, when did we both become aware of that? distance or when did it become like manifest in a, in a more clear way for us? Um, it was like the second year of marriage. I think we were both feeling the distance and the dysfunction, um, that mm-hmm. this isn't, which it seems like so fast, you know, um, in only the second year of marriage, but mind you, we had already been together seven years of right. dating yeah. before. So this was actually our ninth year together yes. um, right. where we were kind of like, you know, in this very pivotal stage. And uh, I would say the second year was when things got to the point where we were both very aware that we were not having the fullest relationship experience that we thought we would. Yeah, it it was brought up and talked about, hey, I don't know if this is going to be the relationship forever. Um, And and I don't know if I want children with you and things of that nature. And so we were like, all right, well, let's see if we can work this out. Um, I, I even remember the literal words I said. I was like, I'm not really inter- interested in relationship counseling, but if that's something you want to do, we can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Language right. that was, Who wants to do yeah. marriage yeah. counseling? Um, <laughs> and so we both, my solution to this, because I was, I was, my world was rocked a little bit when some of this was brought to me. Um, and so it was I, surprising to you. It, it was surprising to me. I, I could have articulated the, the coldness in the relationship for sure. Right. But right. I wouldn't have been like, whoa, we're actually talking about the fact that we may not be together. We may not be yeah. building a life together. Holy shit. Right. And so right. I was like, I'm just going to walk on eggshells from here on out and mm. uh, come up with solutions. Uh, eggshells, keep things safe and then come up with solutions. My yeah. solution was... Right. We need to get out of the Pacific Northwest. We need to get out of Washington State, mm-hmm. Southern California. Mm-hmm. We've always talked about. Um, hey, I had yeah. an, I had an opportunity to transfer with uh, the firm that I was working for down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Hey, we're doing this. We're moving down to San Diego." And this was like two, yeah. and, a, two and a half, coming up on three right. years into marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, we had planned to move to San Diego. And so my solution yeah. was change the scenery. Let's get some sunshine. Yeah. Let's get to the right. beach and yeah. see if things get better. Yeah. Right? Maybe that right. external world yeah. will solve our problems. Right. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, Mimi, that's your, that was our, our thinking yeah. at the time. Right. right. And, and that initially, I think both excited us, but, but kind of the lead up to that, uh, mm-hmm. put, put the reality in, you know, in front of both of our faces and, and, yeah. um, 
you know, Mimi brought up to me right, right before we were to move that, that she, you know, didn't want to go, uh, not only not want to go, but not want yeah. to be in the relationship anymore. And that this was kind of yeah. the moment in time. And maybe it was, maybe it was meant to be right. This is the perfect yeah. separation point. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's when I left, I just mm-hmm. moved and started my life yeah. over and we kicked off the right. process to, uh, a legal divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Mimi, were you aware kind of as we were approaching this date of moving, right, that that was like the 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 finish line for you, that if, if we were going to do this, if we were going to move, that that would be it? Or or like how did that happen for you? Yeah, yeah. So I, w- I had in all the intentions of moving to Southern California. Um, I, you know, had gotten my dental hygiene license in California, which was a huge amount of work. So like I was, I was in it. Um, and you know, a a few things happened towards the, the end there. One of them being, I, uh, went to a big family event. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was, I, I had a lot of family in town. And so I, I was just very unhappy at this point and my family knew it. And in conversation with my family, this came out that like, I'm not happy. Chase is like, I was building this case against why I don't think that we're meant for each other anymore. Mm -hmm. And once Mm -hmm. I, you know, it was totally out of self-preservation. I was definitely not giving my family the full picture, like not even close yeah. to the full picture. Right. But this right. is such a normal human tendency of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. when you see a potential like solution, it's not actually a solution, out of mm-hmm. your current problem. All, yeah. all I wanted at that time was just support for my family. Someone yeah. that I loved and knew that I trusted saying like, yes, I support you whatever you Mm -hmm. want to do. And once I heard that from my family, I was like, I don't think I can go. And so then I, I, once I had that support, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this really hard conversation. And yeah, um, yeah, I kind of sprung it on Chase two weeks before we were supposed to move. And I I didn't Mm -hmm. really give him a choice. It wasn't like a, hey, let's work on this. Let's figure this out or else. It was like, no, I'm not going, but I think you should still. So it was very Mm -hmm. cold. It was very unemotional and it was very resolute. It was a totally different expression of me than you see in front of you now. Like it was like nothing. I I, I say sometimes like my soul was just dusty AF and I was so removed from any like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. center or like yeah. the core of me, who I am, like right. inside, I was so right. removed from that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a little bit about my experience. Right, right. And and so we legally got divorced. We ended, you know, what had to this, at this to this point been a fairly traditional path, right? You know, we got off of that path and we were both on our own. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I bombed down to San Diego took my TV and some clothes and uh, started my life over and uh, yeah. out of sheer, you know, it's funny. I, I had, I was emotional at first, um, shed some tears and, and uh, had a, you know, a couple of moments of just like utter pain. And, yeah. uh, but then I just yeah. buried it, man. I just freaking stashed yeah. it away inside of my body and moved yeah. on and, and was like, I'm This is going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm going mm-hmm. to absolutely crush it. And uh, mm-hmm. guess what? I'm single and 26 for the first time ever in Southern California. So let me see what this mm-hmm. is about. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I spent probably that first year pretty unconscious and just leaning into I'm going to work as hard as I can, make as much money mm-hmm. as I possibly can. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get the best shape of my life. I'm going to mm-hmm. date and explore this realm. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, did that for, for a good year, a good mm-hmm. year plus, only to find that I was more empty, more lonely. (laughs) Um, I physically unwell started to manifest into symptoms of like just complete exhaustion and fatigue. And, and uh, my career was pretty intense matched by my, my pretty, pretty compulsive exercise habits and 
I found yeah. myself in what many would call like an adrenal exhausted state, mm. yeah, um, right. undernourished, uh, anemic, mm-hmm. and had to take a pretty pretty hard look at you know not only my physical well being but but kind of yeah. everything from A to Z as it pertained to spiritual, emotional, um, totally. And um, ultimately, for me, it ended up being a, a career change. I left mm-hmm. uh, the firm, which was a you know mm-hmm. maybe a bad move from a career standpoint, uh, but started started a company with some friends in, in the health and wellness space although i'd had a pretty unhealthy relationship with health and wellness i ended up being you know quite savvy in that space and gotten to know it pretty well and yeah. this career yeah. change kind of tipped off a holistic life change for me personally mm-hmm. and of yeah. course it started with with healing my my body but it it trickled yeah. into my my emotions and started right. for the first time in years looking at maybe what some of the big challenges and issues were in my own life yeah. that led to some of these, these moments of heartbreak and, right. and right. Um, between just a really incredible community that I was able to find down here in San Diego, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as well as the use of plant medicine and some other really incredible modalities mm-hmm. had yeah. a, you know, a healing phase of my life that was yeah. really, really profound. And uh, totally. came, this is about two years after being divorced um, mm-hmm. came to this space where I was in a really, really good spot uh, as far yeah. as how I looked back on the relationship. I looked back on the right. divorce, even right. the way that I thought about, because I couldn't, I couldn't not think about Megan. I thought about her every day mm-hmm. and it yeah. was out of just pure bitterness and it was just out of so mm-hmm. much pain. And right. I'd really gotten through this, yeah. through this kind of, uh, this really, f- this feeling of, um, rooting against her. Like I would hope yeah, that she was doing right. bad. And I've yeah. gotten to this point where I, when I thought about her, I felt gratitude for our, for our life and how much of a mm. role she played in who I was. Yeah. And this, this aspect of actually rooting for her when I would, I would hear about her or think about her. And oddly enough, moved on. I got to the point where I wasn't thinking about her. I was completely yeah. moved on and I was living my but, life. But a, but a sense of gratitude and a sense of positivity, yeah. right? That you, when and I was like, about I may never, you know, talk to her again and, and that's fine. Yeah. And, but I'm in a really beautiful mm-hmm. space and, and I'm moving on mm-hmm. and careers moved on. Yeah. Relationships have moved on. I don't think about her very much. Um, yeah. Only to then one day get a text from her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Mimi, you got to walk us through how, what your individual process was here. Yeah. So we spent <clears throat> just about three years exactly apart and <clears throat> excuse me. Our experiences were basically mirrors of each other um, mm. as we were separated, not talking. Yeah. You know, we, right. we never spoke basically. And um, the first year I was experiencing everything that Chase was, it was like, okay, well, I'm, yeah. the, I'm single for the first time since I was 16 years old. What is this? Yeah. What is this all about? Um, yeah. But at the same time, finding that it was very um, isolating and yeah. unfulfilling and not right. ultimately. Um, what I wanted. Um, and right. so, yeah, I, I, another mirror was my health journey, which just hit rock mm-hmm. bottom around 2017, yeah. 2018. Um, yeah. Just a hormone hell hole. Like my hair was falling out in clumps. I had cystic acne all over my face. Like I had a rash yeah. on half of my body that was completely unexplained. Couldn't digest my yeah. food, over exercising, under eating, um, yeah. you know, trying yeah. to fit this mold of external beauty right. that I think will attract someone, you know, and it was just yeah. all the wrong things at the wrong time right. in the wrong way. And yeah. ultimately got to the point where I just hit rock bottom and I was like, I have mm-hmm. to figure this out. I cannot live this way anymore. I felt so yeah. crappy on the inside, yeah. not only right. just the physical stuff, but also the mental and emotional and spiritual psychic weight yeah. I was carrying. Right from our divorce and how I carried myself and things that I never looked at or healed or flipped the light on to really work through in myself. Yeah. So this was all happening at the same time. And it was a very concentrated Mm -hmm. (laughs) healing process. Mm -hmm. I actually moved back home, um, to my hometown, Mm -hmm. Spokane, Washington. Um, and moved in with my parents at 29, mm-hmm. which was a little kick to the ego. But I needed, I needed a yeah. support system for my own totally. healing journey. I knew right. I needed my mom <laughs> and my parents right. and my sisters around me rather yeah. than this busy hustle and bustle Seattle lifestyle that I was trying to live. And right. um, at this time, you know, as I was in about a year of concentrated healing time, really looking at every aspect mm-hmm. of my life. Um, I got to this place where I was I was feeling better and I my inner world was also feeling better and I just 
even though Chase and I hadn't talked at all, I heard from a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours that we had yeah. in Seattle. And she had told me like, oh yeah, Ch- I, I saw that Chase is now, you know, he left Deloitte, he's working at Organifi. <clears throat> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I just got like a swell of gratitude and happiness for him yeah. because yeah. I, I just thought that that was great. And so I randomly, yeah. I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing mm-hmm. when I decided mm-hmm. to text him and just yeah. say like, hey, I heard you're, you know, working here now. Like, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you. Right. Like, I hope, I hope you're doing really well. And it was, yeah. it was just plain and simple. And, um, it, it, Chase responded very kindly and then it opened, it just gave this tiny crack into like, okay, like we could, over the next few months, uh, we we started talking yeah. more and sending each other stuff on yeah. Instagram and just being more open to conversation, um, right. which led us actually to meeting up in person around okay. um, December of 2018. Yeah. I'll pause there because I, I know I said a lot, but so we actually decided to meet up um, December of yeah. 2018. Now, was the idea like, all right, there's a romantic feeling to this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, was it, it was more no. that we could no. be friends. Yeah, it was that we were friends. Yeah. We'd had, yeah. we'd shared these really wild uh, scenarios where we'd both experienced yeah. very similar things and both had actually, right. Mimi had left her dental hygiene career and was exploring mm-hmm. a business educating on adaptogens and superfoods and this, mm-hmm. this area of my life that had been so important to my own healing as yeah. well. Right. So we just right. dorked out about like, ashwagandha and medicinal mushrooms and, <laughs> yes. and the health and yes. wellness space and these various, yeah. you know, diet and fitness protocols. And right. so right. we'd gotten to this point where we were just going to connect. We had so much in common. For me, yeah. I was very conscious to the fact that, hey man, you think you've done a bunch of work? You think you've moved past this? This will be the test. Sure. If you can see her right. in person, if you can stare at her in the face and have right. love for her, uh, out, yeah. you know, completely friend related love, but just sit right. across from her and share coffee for a couple hours in conversation and, and feel little to no bitterness. You've, mm-hmm. You're in a good spot. And we did. Yeah. We, we shared a really yeah. beautiful conversation, like four hours at a coffee <laughs> shop. And it was yeah. just right. incredible friendship and chemistry. Right. And um, yeah. I walked away from that, that, that meetup and I was like, yeah. closure. Yeah. Great. That was the feeling was that it like, was. Hey, this is wonderful. How great is it that we can like share a coffee? We still have all this history together yep. and, and, you know, for it to feel positive well, that that was the, the takeaway. It was like delayed you know? un, what do they call it? De- conscious uncoupling. It was like delayed yeah, conscious yeah. uncoupling. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Like the cord, con- uh, cord cutting, delayed cord cutting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Delayed, yeah. You got all the nutrients. Still. Right. Um, so, so, you know, uh, Mimi, did you have the same experience? Were you also like, wow, what a nice friend, uh, friendly ex- experience to have? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You know, we didn't get in, right. into any of the ugly stuff of our divorce or yeah, marriage or anything totally. like that. Yeah. It was pretty light. It was like a catch up between friends. Um, right. And honestly, I was surprised. Like, I didn't know where the conversation was going to go. I was just open yeah. to being there and, and, and yeah. being open. Um, but I was really pleasantly surprised that Chase didn't use this opportunity to like rub my face in anything or like, sure. you know, really like right. hit me hard in yeah. any way or, or bring up something right. that was traumatic in some way. I don't know. I just, I was right. pleasantly surprised, yeah. but so it was like, wow, that was, that was actually really fun question yeah. mark. That was fun. Yeah. And yeah. I actually got in my car after we said goodbye and I just like, cried a river um because i up up until that point i had never allowed myself to go to the depths of how much i missed chase completely because i was the one that initiated this i was telling myself the story that girlfriend you did this to yourself you do not get to miss him you do not get to be sad you do not get to feel any of those things you did this to yourself (laughs) and so for three years I was telling myself that story and then after this meetup I just got this wave of realization of how much my soul actually missed his soul and it still was not like, oh my gosh, we have to get back together. I love him. I yeah. want to be with him forever. It was just like a baby step towards healing where it was like, oh, damn it. I have missed him so much. Yeah. Right. And I was almost like sad 
for myself in that I didn't allow myself to fully feel everything that was there. And this was like Mm -hmm. the floodgates were open now. Yeah, totally. So where do we go from there? Yeah. How did we, where do we go from there? You know, clearly we, 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 we developed a romantic relationship again, right? We, we, yeah, we, we, there was just a really great sort of feeling after that. I go back to San Diego and, and we just keep yeah. talking. Um, mm-hmm. Because we're in this shared field, oddly enough, we find ourselves at the same health expo in Anaheim, California, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like three months later. And we continue to dialogue, you know, even phone conversations, long phone mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're like, oh, we'll, we'll see each other at this event. We'll spend some time together mm-hmm. and great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, turn up the dial on the romance now, right? Like this is where sure. the, the romantic chemistry is just, uh, it's palpable. It's, it's just thick yeah. in the air. It's, and so right. we, we, we spend <laughs> yes. days together at this event and, right. and it, it's not even like that there was like, you know, these flirtation cards that were played. It was just mm-hmm. a complete release into these uh this this invisible hand of the mm-hmm, romantic mm-hmm. uh marketplace if you will that just yeah. nudged us together <laughs> yeah. and we right. spent just three, these yeah. the, the two or three days together just beautifully yeah. connected and flirtatious yeah. and um palpable right. connection to you know right. i think one of the evenings at this event mm-hmm. um we we found ourselves in megan's <clears throat> rental car and we're sitting in her rental mm-hmm. car and we're just we're actually talking about marriage and divorce and yeah, right, what right. went wrong, why, yeah. what we were feeling that mm-hmm. we were both so deeply sorry um, yeah. that we both just had yeah. no freaking clue what we were doing. Yeah. And, totally. um, you know, we're, we're hours into this conversation and, and I'm getting yeah. ready to leave. And, and uh, as we say goodbye, I, you know, I just hold her and give her a hug and, and grab her face. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked into her eyes and, uh, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I just left without much of a fight when it comes to our divorce is that I just saw that there was no chance. Her yeah. in her eyes, it was over, and I just know her yeah. so well that so much right. is right. is expressed in the way that she looks. And um, so yeah. I, I stared into her eyes pretty intentionally in this case, uh, just out of genuine curiosity as to like you know what's the what's the signal here, and yeah. and right. I just felt that it was not only her but it was just this more beautiful even mm-hmm. expression of her than I'd ever seen before and yeah. and just out of yeah. pure intuition and I, I just leaned in and kissed her and and mm-hmm. told her I loved mm-hmm. her and yeah. um yeah and it was just like and we we're on the gates of Disneyland and this is happening so Disney fireworks oh, on in the background yeah. and it just completely right. nice. and yeah. um so it was a sign you can't avoid it yeah yeah and, and totally. so after yeah. that man it was like it wasn't any more like oh okay we're friends and we have this really mm-hmm. incredible uncoupling right. story it was right. actually like, oh my God, if this woman wasn't mm-hmm. my ex-wife, I would be in love. I would be yeah. so into this. Right. And so yeah. we just kept talking about like, <laughs> what is this? What if? Yeah. What if though? Yeah. What if? Shouldn't right. we, should right. we just try this? Like, what yeah. if? This is crazy. Right. This is crazy. <clears throat> but yeah. what if? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, shortly thereafter, it was uh, a couple a couple of visits. Um, Megan flew down to San Diego yeah. and visited me and we spent time together. Yeah. And, and then it was just such a full body F yes that we were yeah. meant to be back together. Um, and it wasn't totally. like a let's date. Yeah. It was like, we're back in this for... Right, life. right. I was very clear with Chase yeah. that I was like, this is <clears throat> not like an experiment for me. Um, yeah. I yeah. don't... It kind of just like pooped out of my mouth one day. We were on the phone and I yeah. was like, yeah. I don't intend on being with anyone else. And I yeah. kind of just like went on talking about what I was saying and Chase was like, well, yeah. can we like back up to what yeah. you just said. <laughs> that was fairly significant, so, right? You know? yeah. So um, yeah. he, I, I think, saw from a from an early stage of this kind of transition, what are we, what is this going to be, that I was serious. And yeah. um, and so I, I just leaned into that and I was like, this is not an experiment right. for me. <clears throat> this is it. This is it. Yeah. I just, yeah, right. I just, I mean, Chase started the conversation talking about my intuition yeah. And it was the most deeply rooted, intuitive knowing from my soul, from me, from my whatever inside of me, my gut, call it your gut. I just knew. And every time I've leaned into that feeling, it has only served me. 
So yeah. I leaned into it and it's right. still serving me. Yeah. So this was well, 2019, like summer of 2019. We, yeah. we got back okay. together. We, we yeah. very intentionally laid a foundation. We called them non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Like here's who yeah. I am now, three years after right. we left each other. Right. And these are my non-negotiables. Yeah. I need to tell right. you that I'm still not a Christian. I need to tell you that yeah. there are certain things in my life that are critically important right. from a spiritual standpoint right. that may seem weird yeah. or esoteric, but they're really important yeah. to me. Here's yeah. even really simple stuff like, yeah. uh, I've, I get up really early in the morning and I go to bed like an old man at nine o'clock. And yeah. so yeah. Yeah. There were, we had this, this session, this container of right. non-negotiables right. that prior yeah. to engaging into something with this weight, we had mm-hmm. to communicate. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So for many and for y'all originally, Marriage is a symbol of commitment, right? You know, it's a symbolic thing. It has significant cultural and societal weight for the past 4,000 years, right? It's a very significant part of, you know, the way that we conceptualize relationships, romantic relationships. And like y'all discovered, it's not a guarantor of being together for life, right? You know, it's it, in some ways, the pressures can even be challenging to the development and growth of a relationship. So as we, you know, consciously, you know, now I guess looking back now, consciously decoupled and, and recoupled, um, like what, what symbols do you feel like uh, represent commitment to both of you now? What symbol? You cut out for just a second. Yeah, what, what, what symbols represent commitment to you now? Um, if, if we don't, you know, we're not engaging in something like marriage. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, use this, I use this analogy often. Um, if love is the ocean and mm-hmm. the ocean has a diverse set of circumstances, it can be calm and serene and peaceful mm-hmm. or it can be violent. Yeah. The, the the ocean of love is is so intense that we often look at another person and go, hey, let's experience the ocean, but let's throw a life raft around us so that we don't get th- mm-hmm. like, so we don't drown in the ocean of love. Mm-hmm. And we call yeah. that life raft marriage a lot of times. And mm-hmm. it's this contractual mm-hmm. obligation where we shake hands and say, hey, sure. regardless of what happens, we're going to be on this freaking <laughs> life raft. We're going to stay afloat right. so that we can experience the ocean of mm-hmm. love. And while that is maybe a safety mechanism it mm-hmm. can create an interference between you and the direct experience of love it mm-hmm. can while keep you afloat allow you to be thrashed by the waves and so yes there will be moments that feel beautiful when the waters are calm but when they get rough you'll be thrashed you may not drown because you're still mm-hmm. marriage we're bound to this contractual obligation right. we're still in right. the ocean of love but we're getting yeah. thrashed by the waves mm-hmm. i have chosen and in this relationship part two to remove the life raft Mm -hmm. and to learn how to swim. And that takes a, uh, an intentional constant leaning into tools and a uh, commitment to always experience and have to experience something new. But what it allows us is the ability to swim such that we're not thrashed Mm -hmm. by the waves, but we're rather working with the waves to continue to experience the diverse array of the, the waters of love. And that's no shit on marriage. We will likely get remarried again. It's, it's you know, very, very practical. But I think in the okay. way that, that at least we were brought up in this idea of marriage, it's this right. sort of like safety raft so that when we jump mm-hmm. into the ocean of love, we can experience love, but we don't mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. drown. However, it may mean we're going to get thrashed around by the waves because we haven't yet been able to learn how to swim and navigate with those waves, if you will. So I like that analogy. Maybe there's some holes in it, but I I, I tend to to think that that marriage Mm -hmm. can oftentimes be this this life raft and it it Mm -hmm. keeps you from a direct experience of love in all of its beauty, but all of its, uh, you know, wild, wild storms as well. Yeah. And maybe that's especially how we felt about the way we engaged in marriage the first time. Because like you're saying, perhaps marriage might happen again for us. You know, there's Mm -hmm. there's maybe practical elements. You know, obviously it still is, you know, in relationship, our relationship to the state, you know, is is a significant thing. Um, But but, you know, that that was how it felt, you know, the first time around. How about for you, Mimi? Is that is that the way you think about like symbolizing the commitment you have to one another now? Do you feel like commitment is as important now as it was maybe when we first got together? 
I mean, it's a different type of commitment for me in, yeah. in the way that I approach yeah. it. Different meaning, mm-hmm. I totally agree with everything that Chase just said, different than how I approached yeah. it in part one, as we call it. Um, right. Because my the commitment was just understood. It mm-hmm. wasn't embodied. So yeah. now I have yeah. an embodied relationship with that commitment. <laughs> the commitment yeah. to show up Every day to the best of my ability to let Chase know when I'm having a rough time to override my tendency of suppressing Mm -hmm. my voice because I don't want to be too much. That leads me down a very dark path that is not good for either of us. And and so um, and and just the commitment to growth, the commitment to my individual growth and Mm -hmm. the commitment to what am I bringing? What, how am I adding? How am I um, right. being additive to our relationship experience together? Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, being grateful for this amazing teacher that yeah. I have that mm-hmm. is not only Chase, mm-hmm. but also our interaction, our relationship that yeah. we have. That is my greatest teacher and it's my greatest tool for self-reflection and self yeah. and self-development. But right. we have to see it as that or else it's not going to be that for us. We're not going to interpret it that way. We're going to interpret it as like my relationship is happening to me and I'm a victim <laughs> and I'm not happy. Rather yeah. taking on this embodied practice of like, how am I showing up? Did I say something there that could have been miscommunicated? You know, right, if Chase right. is reflecting back to me in a certain way, there's a reason for it. And right. instead of just being bitter or closing down, now we engage. We right. we do our very best to embody the tools that we teach right. on our podcast, you know, talking mm-hmm. about relationships. And yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm committed to that embodiment in a different right. way than I was committed in, you know, to our marriage in part one, right. it's just wildly different. Yeah. So I've, I've told yeah. Chase flat out, like, <laughs> yeah, we probably will get married before we have a kid just for logistics and things like that. And maybe taxes sure. and stuff, but <laughs> yeah, that contractual state driven, you know, yeah. document, right. it's not going to change my commitment level to him. Yeah. It's, at it's, all. it's a commitment to, the awareness that both of us are going to continue to change. And yeah. I think that's a little right. bit different than how we looked at commitment in part one, where it was, I'm committed totally. to you and I have a definition of who you are and that you meet my right. needs. Right. And now it's, yeah. we talk about this a lot, but we leave space for change mm-hmm. in the relationship mm-hmm. and leaving yeah. that space allows the other individual mm-hmm the freedom to change their perspectives, how they express themselves. Mm -hmm. And the only other commitment in that dynamic is a commitment to maintain curiosity and a commitment to maintain Mm -hmm. the interest to want to understand where that individual Mm -hmm. is at that particular point in time. And even as the formula for love is this attribute of freedom, which is I have the freedom to change and to be able to continue to express Mm -hmm. myself in a, in a different way. And That freedom is critical because love maintains its ability to be a choice. And it's significantly mm-hmm. more profound when love is a choice and it's not totally. uh, obligatory. And so right. by even just the language that we use consistently, which is like, who you know, yeah. who are you today? And what right. have you been into? Right. What have you been listening? What have you been reading? I'm curious. Right. Are your opinions changing? Yeah. We ask each other similar questions about the way that we think about the universe and the way that we think about our relationship and our relationship with God consistently. Why? Because we're deeply curious as to how the other Mm -hmm. person is evolving and checking in to ensure that we both feel like we're continuing to choose the relationship that we're continuing to choose love because unfortunately having that little attribute of, Hey, we may not choose it one day is Mm -hmm. kind of the, the polarity that, that allows love to be experienced. Um, to the degree yeah. that it can. And so I think we both have an understanding of that now. And, and the only commitment mm-hmm. would be to that formula. So it, what's interesting is you describe your approach to marriage in part one as being somewhat unconscious, right? It's like, this is just the traditional path that we are on. It just makes sense. We just kind of fall into it, right? And now in part two, it seems like a big part of the relationship is consciousness, right? You know, being aware of who we are, 
and, and who our partner is and, and attuned to the evolution that we're both going to engage in, right? You know, this is certainly a very normal part of life. We grow as people, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been said before, you know, it's wonderful to fall in love in your life, you know, more than once and, and even more wonderful when it's with the same person. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, 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 you know, you all um, have the benefit of experiencing that, right? You know, mm-hmm. in, in, your, in your current embodiment. Now, now, you mentioned your podcast, you know, we, we talk about obviously our relationship on that and, and, and a variety of other things. I'm curious what it's like now to have, you know, a part of your, your life and, and the, you know, the, the kind of displaying, you know, the relationship um, for all to see. What is that? What is that like? Yeah, it's interesting. I've thought about this. It's so ironic that things that I told myself I was never going Mm -hmm. to say out loud, I was never going to talk about this. I was going to keep this secret until I die. Now, thousands of people, (laughs) you know, hear about it or, you know, listen to this. And, and it's just the way that I've chosen to show up in life as an open book. Um, I have a, you know, a guide sort of archetype in me very strongly. And, um, you know, if hearing about our story, because we've healed so much, we wouldn't be able to talk about this if it was unhealed, unaddressed, you know, if we were not in a good place, but like, because we see our relationship as our teacher, we're able to talk about it um, in, in that way and, and keep it as a a learning experience, both for us and for whoever's listening. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, um, it's how we've chosen to show up and I'm, I'm so happy we have because every Mm -hmm. time we talk about it, whether it's with you, a relationship counselor Mm -hmm. or a therapist or someone else, when every time we tell the story, new facets are shown and it, it is like therapy every time we talk about it. And so it feels, it feels very, um, it feels very good to be able to open up and give this as an audio gift to other people Mm -hmm. in hopes that they can sort of dodge some of the arrows that hit us um, in our part one of our relationship. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a hard decision for me. Um, It, Mm -hmm. it feels very, it feels very in alignment with what our purpose is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say too, is like clearly have a path that is to um, explore relationship and love. And I don't know if the circumstances or the outcomes of our history um, would really be useful Mm -hmm. in any way. Should we not talk about them in some capacity? And and at least in my life, like, the moments that I feel like the sun is shining most directly on me are when I just choose to be as yeah. open as humanly possible. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's in my younger years, especially in a Christian community, yeah. bringing forth those questions and those challenges uh, was, was traumatic. And I think for yeah. a period of time and that included our marriage, mm-hmm. I kept my lips sealed and, I was yeah. more concerned with my my identity <laughs> externally and uh, right. I was just a shell of myself. And so yeah. just simply for my own ethos and my own constitution, there's an attribute mm-hmm. of vulnerability, authenticity, mm-hmm. openness yeah. that is not just like important for the podcast, but it's actually right. one of yeah. my life's lessons is to be as radically open from a place yeah. of love that I can be. And the mm-hmm. podcast in 2023 ends up being the the platform for that to yeah. uh, take place. But the the more I do, the less <laughs> you know clouds interfere in my life from from being able to yeah. directly experience that sunshine and and the openness and the authenticity. And it just so happens to be on yeah. the podcast. When when that takes place, I end up Jesus. It's like sleeping better. I'm happier. I'm yeah. I'm engaging yeah. in really fruitful relationships. I experience more novelty. I have more respect right. for right. Uh, my my life's path, and so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's as simple as just like, dude, I just like feel better when I'm yeah. this open. Right. It feels like I'm just exfoliating all the time, and so totally. um, it ends yeah. up being in this time and place. Uh, yeah. the the modality that that uh, that feels most authentic to the expression of myself. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So, so y'all obviously have experienced, you, you even are framing it in, in story narrative terms, right? You know, part one, part two, yeah. right? I, I imagine there's going to be more parts. Um, what, what do you, what would you say the title of this story is? Hmm. Happily divorced and in love. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. That's good. I like that. Yeah. All right. We'll call it that. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm excited. Thank you so much for sharing and, and being open in this venue. And, and, you know, again, I, I would love to revisit, uh, you know, this conversation in part three, right. You know, and see, you know, the, the way that we've evolved even then, right? You know, it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how y'all grow and, and change um, in the future. So you're you're welcome to come back anytime. Thank you, thank, thank you for you. having us. Yeah, this is so much fun. This is so fun, and yeah, we're happy to come back anytime. Wonderful. All right, thank you all. Have a great day. Where goes the time? Thank you for listening to today's episode of Marriage Stories. As always, I am your host, Trevor White. Production of this episode was done by Gabe Martinez. Music provided by OK Carol. Our website, where you can find all of our episodes and sign up to receive new episodes direct to your inbox, is launchtoland.com. Once again, that's launchtoland.com. Feel free to follow along on all of our social media channels at launchtoland, as well as our YouTube channel. Starting your own marriage story? Head over to launchtoland.com and check out our premarital counseling video series with host and licensed marriage and family therapist, Trevor White. This comprehensive series will prepare you to take off in the marriage you want. Listeners can use a special promo code, PROLOG, to get 15% off your first purchase. Once again, that is promo code, PROLOG, to get 15% off your first purchase. Enjoying marriage stories? Please subscribe, like, share, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review. And as always, be sure to join us next week as we take another marriage story off the shelf. Where goes the time?